0: how's it everyone welcome to discuss shane i'm your host shane and if you love sports know about sports don't have a clue about sports or even want to know a thing or two about sports this is the podcast for you hello everyone uh so for today's podcast we'll be going over some a couple to- a few topics we're we'll going over some things about the NBA All-Star in a very controversial selection. We'll be going over the quarterback offseason moves. And we'll be going over my picks for this upcoming card today on Saturday, March 6th, I believe, for UFC 259. Let's get it. So, as we know, the NBA All-Star game it will be tomorrow, March 7th and there's a lot of injuries this, uh, this time around. Usually there's maybe a few but or even one injury, but this time there's there's three. So there's three replacements. We have Kevin Durant being out. We have Anthony Davis being out. And now we have Anthony Davis's replacement, Devin Booker, being out. So as we know, Jason Tatum, he replaced Kevin Durant as the all-star starter for the East. And Devin Booker, Replace Anthony Davis for the All Star reserves, but now we have news that Devin Booker will be out to, I believe, a left leg or a left knee injury, and he will be replaced by none other than you didn't guess it, Mike Conley. What, Mike Conley? Are you okay? Let's look. At, let's talk about Conley's stats, right? So Conley has played twenty nine games. He averages sixteen points, three and a half rebounds, six assists, one and a half steals, two turnovers, while shooting forty-four percent from the field, forty-two percent from the field, and eighty-three percent from three. So those are I mean, from the free throws. So those are decent stats, right? They're okay, All Star level. Maybe a couple years back when scoring and you know stat production wasn't at an all-time high. But nowadays, you at least have to average, you know, 20 points at least. That's like at the minimum or have an insane stat line. But this stat line, it's not that good, you know. But one thing that's going for Conley is that just like with Donovan Mitchell and uh, Rudy Gobert, who are rightfully deserved uh, All Star uh, all-star selections, The Jazz are the first, not just in the West, but they have the best record in the entire NBA. And there's a lot of controversy, like I mentioned earlier, because his stats aren't that good. But I feel like the best thing, the only reason why they're including him in the All-Star game is because, for one, the Jazz have the best record in the NBA, and two, maybe it's like a a sympathy type of selection where it's his first time and he has been snubbed plenty of times before. He's been playing all-star level of, uh, he's been an all-star level uh, type of player throughout his career. And maybe this is just the NBA saying, okay, my colleague, we recognize you for being, playing at an all-star level for years and years with the Grizzlies especially. So we're making this up to you. But that's isn't how it should go, you know. There's there's a couple, a few, maybe a couple, but a while ago, maybe earlier in the in the decade, not this decade, last decade, in the twenty tens decade, the Atlanta Hawks they had the the best record in the East, and maybe the best record in the entire NBA. But they for sure had the best record in the East, and they had four starters. They had four players on their team to make the all-star team they had Paul Millsap who was deservingly he was one of their best players they had Al Horford who was also deservingly one of their best players they had Kyle Korver who is you know you can argue that he shouldn't have been but he was one of the best three-point shooters if not the best three-point shooter that year in the NBA but they also had Jeff Teague make it as an all-star and he didn't put up that great stats you know jeff TQ now if you look at him he's not even he plays for the celtics but he's maybe their backup point card maybe you know and that's that's not anything to say on uh the hawks they had a phenomenal year that they had a phenomenal year back in i believe 2013 2014 but you can't just reward a player just because their record is one of the best in the NBA that's that's not how it goes the all-star it depends on individual stats that's how that's those are individual achievements all-star mvp all somewhat mvp but all-star all nba those are all those are all dependent on the individual not your team success so let's look at players who i think and majority of the nba community think who should have been um who got snubbed who should have been, who should have been replacing devin booker so the most notable one is probably demar DeRozan. now demar he has pretty good numbers you know he's played 29 games he's averaging 20 points 20 points see? he has averaging also five rebounds seven assists one steal, and a little under two turnovers. He's also shooting 48% from the field, 30% from three, and he's uh, also shooting almost 90% from the free throw line. That's phenomenal. We all know DeRozan for being a mid-range killer, a slasher, basically, you know, like a, I wouldn't say like a new age Kobe, but you definitely would have imagined him, his type of player, playing in the 90s or in the early 2000s. Someone like that. But he's developed more, I would say into a three-point shooter, but he does shoot more does shoot more threes, not as successful obviously with the 30% threes, but he's had he's putting up way better number this, numbers than Conley. It's just the Spurs I guess are seventh. You know, but come on. Those are way better numbers than Conley. Let's look, at, let's look at some more players, right? Let's look at the next one. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who's played 30 games, 23 points, 5 rebounds, 6 assists, a steal on a block, and about 3 turnovers. He's also shooting 51% from the field, 41% for 3, and about 80% from the free throw line. Those That's, that's really good numbers. But the, th- the knock on him is that the Thunder are 12th which shouldn't matter next player Brandon Ingram he's played 36 games so more games than both of those players he's also averaged 24 points five rebounds five assists a steal on a block and two turnovers he's also shooting 47 percent from the field 38 from three and 89 percent from the free throw line so he's almost averaging a 50 40 90 and he's not even you know I don't even know if he was even considered for being selected to replace Devin Booker. Now the knock on him as well is that he's played only eleven games. Oh no, he's that, that the Pelicans are eleventh in the in the NBA in the West. So let's look at the next player, Jamal Murray. All right, so we all know Jamal Murray. He had he exploded last year in the playoffs, and he's had a down year so far. Not he was he wasn't living up to the expectations that people thought he was going to be people thought he was going to be you know grow into that all-star caliber player but so far it's been a down year but he still had in my opinion he's still putting up better numbers than conley so he's played 34 games which is also more than uh conley uh sga and de he's averaging 22 points four rebounds Four and a half assists, a steal, two turnovers while shooting, 49% from three from the field, 40% from three, and 85% from the free throw line. So the very so similar to Ingram, he's almost averaging a 50-40-90. And he's not even, you know, I thought I don't think anyone considered him to be an all-star. Now what's what's different though is that the previous teams that I mentioned, they are probably on the latter end of the west except for DeRozan rosen with the spurs but the nuggets are six in the nba they're six in the in the west so that's one thing going from that's another player who's uh in my opinion got snubbed but these two players you could are you could argue with conley but it's not that strong of argument for the four previous players that i mentioned earlier so you have another murray you have Dejounte Murray, who Two years ago, I believe he injured his knee and he was out for a minute. He was out for the whole season. So, but this year he's having to. He's had he's a lot of players, a lot of people, a lot of analysts. They've said that Murray has so much potential to be one of the best guards in the NBA, and so far he's, I would say, living up to that potential. But he's one of the better guards and one of the better starting guards in the NBA. So, Murray has played 32 games, but the downside is, that, is the points. He's averaged 16 points, 7 rebounds, 5.5 steals, one and a half, uh 5.5 assists, my bad, and, and 1.5 steals. Yeah, but And also, 2 turnovers, shooting 46% from the field, 32% from 3, and 81% from the free throw line. Now... Also, he plays with the Spurs, just like Derosian. But his numbers aren't that good as Conley's. They are. You argue you could argue that they're better than Conley's. It's it's just not overwhelmingly better than Conley's. They probably, in my opinion, they are better, but they're not that much better. If you know what I mean. I don't know. But Dejounte Murray is one of the better defensive guards in the NBA, up there with you know like Lonzo. Marcus Smart, uh, who else? Alex Caruso, Avery Bradley. The list goes on and on. DeJounte Murray, he's a great defender. Probably he has like he's like a, a shorter poor man's version of I don't know, Ben Simmons, but with a shot. I don't I I'm basically saying that he doesn't score that much. He but he does everything else, but he can shoot. And he's a guard. Like a small guard. I don't know. But anyways, so the last player who is putting in way better numbers, but there's there's one thing that's holding that's holding him back is John Morant. So John Morant, he's averaging 20 points, three rebounds, eight assists, one steal, and three turnovers while shooting 45% from the field, 23% from three, and 80% from the free throw line. Now there's actually two things that are holding. Uh, that are against him. One, like I mentioned earlier, shooting twenty three percent from three, and I believe there's a stretch where he didn't he didn't make a three for eight games, I believe, and not counting those games that he missed. But like I like I just mentioned, he missed a lot of games. He's only played twenty four games this season. Now that's that's five less than Conley, but. He's putting in way better numbers than Conley, and also the Grizzlies are tenth. But like I mentioned earlier, like I mentioned earlier, the Jazz are first and the entire. They have the best record in the entire NBA. But these other teams, they're not even in the top four in their own division, in their own, in their own uh conference. The closest is probably jo- Jamal Murray. It's, uh with the Nuggets being six? But my argument is that all-star all-star selection shouldn't be dependent on the on your record yes it's a big it's a big thing it's a big thing to uh consider to take consideration in but to have someone who have to have a group of people a group of players who are putting up way better numbers than than mine kindly it's it's not right it's a you're, be, you're dishonoring the players who have been playing phenomenal this season. Just, you've been basically overvaluing a record. You've been, you've been valuing a record more than the, the stats or an individual player. All-star game selections, they're not to honor teams. They're to honor players. Same with the NBA awards. Most of them are to honor players. And to honor the individual success, not team success. That's what that's what the playoffs are for, and that's what the, the, the championship is for. I just don't believe Mike Conley should be an all-star. From his numbers alone. It shouldn't be dependent on your record. Those are my thoughts on it. Let me know what you guys think. Who do you guys think should be replacing uh Booker, do you think it should be Conley or do you think it should be any other other players? DeRozan? uh Gilgis Alexander, Ingram, either the Murrays, or even John Moran. And I didn't mention Carl Anthony Towns. The only thing about him is just that he's missed way too many games, so you can't really count him. But let you know let me know what you guys think. Alright, so this is our next topic when I'm gonna talk about the who I think uh, where are these notable quarterback free agents or uh, trade tar- trade uh, basically quarterbacks who I think who are, who are on the move, where do I think they're gonna go? So let's start off with let's start off with the biggest name probably this entire offseason. Deshaun Watson. So this is what I believe where he's gonna go. All right? I I believe he's gonna stay with the Texans. I know. I know it's boring. It's not a good take. It's not a hot take. It's nothing. But I bu- I truly believe that he's going to the Texans for one reason, because I believe the Texans front office. I believe they're more concerned about proving a point. They aren't concerned about making their team better. No, no way. I mean, they traded all their picks away. They don't have a first round pick probably for years. They they traded away two first round picks. And a second for Laramie Tunzel and Kenny Stills. Like what? Not only that, but they they gave away, they traded away all their they're letting go all their good players. They traded away Hopkins for um David Johnson, a worn out David Johnson, and a second round pick. When you when you have players like Stefan Diggs going for first round picks. And I'm pretty sure you have other. You have safeties like Jamal Adams going for a set for two first-round picks. You have. You also have Jalen Ramsey, a cornerback, going for multiple, for multiple, high picks. Like what? DeAndre Hopkins is probably, arguably, the best wide receiver in the entire NFL. He's up there with, you know, the elite of the elite, Julio. Devontae Adams, Michael Thomas, Tyreek Hill, OBJ, Keenan Allen. The list goes on. But you trade away him. You cut JJ Watt. Now I get it. You cut him for, you know, saving more money. I believe you're saving about 15, 17 million of non guaranteed money for a Watt. I get it. But you're cutting. Probably the best player in your entire history of your franchise you're cutting away mr houston texans himself jj Watt. all right you know you can't even you don't even trade him you just cut him and i from what i've heard is that they won't even resign will fuller who yeah he's not you know one of the best wide receivers like hopkins but he's a very good wide receiver he's a deep threat and he had a really good year this he had a really good year um last season he i believe he had almost 1300 uh, receiving yards and he had a bunch of touchdowns and he was really deshaun watson's number one op- probably number one and only option for the texans last year hence why they went four and 12 i mean if you have will fuller as your number one guy when you have a team like the chiefs that have you know, Tyreek Hill and travis kelsey as their one a and one b and you have a team like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who have Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Gronk. You have all those guys. Well, Watson only has Will Fuller. And no no shade on Will Fuller. He's a great player, but I don't, he's not a number one wide receiver. So I, that's what I think. I think he's going to stay with the Texans. I wouldn't say stay with the Texans. I believe he's being kept. He's being locked up by the Texans and they, they don't they don't care if he's gonna sit because Watson he's gonna lose millions of dollars but I believe he don't really care about that because he's making sponsors and endorsements and whatever and all that stuff so it's it's a holdout it's 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 like a Texas Texas um what's it called like one v one type of situation where they're they're facing each other and they're not you know something like that. They're basically holding out Watson, and they're they already said publicly that they're not taking calls. But we'll see, we'll see who who they'll pick up calls for. I believe it's gonna be probably on draft night. Well, they're when they're gonna make the decision on Watson. But I believe he's gonna stay with the Texans. But what I think is gonna happen, or what I what I want to happen, is that he gets traded to my miami dolphins yes i am a dolphins fan like i mentioned many times before i'm probably the only one that you know but i think the dolphins should trade for him and i believe and i think watson should try to go to the dolphins for one reason or for for one reason is because the dolphins have probably the best assets to trade for him they have tua who is who's probably one of my favorite or if not my favorite player in the NFL. I mean, he's a great guy. He's a man of his faith. He's from Hawaii. He's, I you know he's an oos. Come on now. That's basically what I've been around. That's basically that that's kind of like everything to me, you know, and he's a quarterback for the dolphins, but he's had, he's had a, I'd say a disappointing season nonetheless. Um, so, That's someone who, that's an asset the Dolphins have. They also, who was a former first round pick, the fifth pick in the entire draft. And from what I've seen, Tua is, if Tua will be drafted this year in this year's uh, quarterback draft class, who's, from what I heard also, that is one of the best quarterback draft classes in a long time. He would be the second best quarterback behind Trevor Lawrence, who's like, we all know, who's like, the the it he's like the thing in the in the draft but they have Tua and they also have multiple first round picks they have the i believe the 18th pick this year and they also have Houston's pick which is the third pick this year's draft and they also have a first round pick for next year not to say that they'll trade Tua and all three of their first round picks for him but they have a lot of assets for him the Dolphins would be perfect for him. I mean, you all, you all seen it. Watson has been in has been seen in Miami multiple times during the Canelo fight. He's been seen chilling with um with multiple Dolphins players. Like, come on, man. I I just think you know. I just think it'd be nice to see Deshaun Watson with the with the Miami Dolphins. Like, imagine that. Come on. Dude. I think we all want to see that. You know. So. The next quarterback we're going to talk about is Russell Wilson. So, similarly to the Texans, I believe, or similarly to Watson, I believe that, I believe that Russell Wilson will stay with the Seahawks for multiple, for, yeah, pretty much one reason. Like, the Seahawks would be stupid to trade away. Come on now. Come on. Russell Wilson is arguably the second best quarterback in the entire NFL. You have, you have Mahomes. You have, um, Watson. You have him. You have. Those are pretty much the top three quarterbacks in the NFL. You have other great quarterbacks. You know, like Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, uh, Aaron Rodgers. How can I forget? You have so many good quarterbacks, and he's arguably the the second best. And you can honestly make a pretty decent argument that he is the best quarterback in the entire NFL. Now, you probably won't win that argument, but you can, you can make an argument about it. But So I believe the Seahawks would be so dumb, so stupid to trade him away. Before Russell Wilson became the Seahawks quarterback, do you know what Pete Carroll's record was in the NFL? No, yes, he's one of the best coaches in the in college football. We all know the USC dynasty that he had with um, Matt Barkley and uh, Reggie Bush and all them boys. But let me tell you what his record was: forty-seven and forty-nine before Russ. Below, he had a below five hundred record without Russell Russell Wilson, and with Russell Wilson, what what happened? You know, won the franchise's first and only Super Bowl so far. You've been to multiple, you have multiple Super Bowl appearances, and Russell Wilson has been playing at an MVP level for pretty much a good portion of his career. And not only that, they don't, they only have one pick in the first three rounds of this year's NFL draft. Who, like I mentioned, Is one of the best draft classes in the entire, um, one of the best um quarterback draft classes from, you know, for for years, and I've and I've heard that next year's draft, next year's quarterback draft class will be one of the worst ever. So come on, Seahawks, what are you guys gonna do? You just gotta put up and shut up, you know. Russ is your best and pretty much only option here. So the next quarterback I want to talk about is. Dak Prescott. Now, Dak and the Cowboys, they've been, you know, playing footsie for how long now? Give me my money. No. Give me my money. No. I like Dak, but no. Give me my money. No. That's what's pretty much going on. Everyone's tired of talking about Dak's contract. But to be honest, I have no idea where he'll play, especially if he wants Mahomes type of money. Like Mahomes... He, had ha- he has a half-a-billion-dollar contract with the Chiefs. He's had – now he's – people say it's, it, it averages around, you know, 45 a year, but it's like, you know, 40, 40 for majority of the years and 50 towards the latter end just to help, you know, maybe the salary, um, salary cap goes up in the later years. But basically, he wants that type of money. Dak is not even a top-10 quarterback. Now, let's, lift off, let's list off the list I said for a top 10 quarterbacks. You have Mahomes, Russell Wilson. You have Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers. That's already four. So he's not top five for sure because you have a quarter, quarterbacks like Josh Allen. You have Lamar Jackson. You also have some quarterbacks like Tom Brady who's still playing pretty good. You have uh, – let's keep going down the list. Matt Ryan is really good. Matt Stafford, that's already, that's already 10 quarterbacks. You also have Ryan Tannehill, um, who's had a great year this year. And there's so many more other quarterbacks that I believe are better than Dak. But I don't know. Does he deserve Mahomes' type of money? Hell no. No one deserves Mahomes' type of money. So I think he'll just stay with the Cowboys because I feel like they're going to franchise tag him for this year and see where it goes next year. But he wants that type of money. I have no idea who's going to play for him. Might be the Cowboys because the Cowboys got Lakers type of money. But who knows? Now let's move on to the next quarterback, Cam Newton. So I believe Cam, I believe he'll go to the Washington football team. And because for two reasons. I believe the Pats and Belichick. They tried it and it failed. It flopped. They didn't like what happened. I mean, Cam threw for only six passing touchdowns the entire season. And he's probably had like one game with multiple touchdowns, which is two, probably at the most last year. Now, yes, he had 12 rushing touchdowns, but six passing touchdowns in a passing league. Come on, dude. The Pats definitely don't want that. And. Bill is getting older, so I'm, I'm for sure he doesn't have the patience to, I wouldn't say develop Cam because Cam is already what he is. But I'm pretty sure he wants to win now because he's like, what, 70 years old? He's an old dude. So he doesn't want to wait around just for, you know, just for to waste a year with Cam. So I believe he's going to Washington because he played for Ron Rivera before when he won the MVP with the Panthers and Washington is also built pretty similarly to the Panthers when Cam won MVP. I mean think about it. Great pass rush. They have great they have one of the best defenses in the entire NFL. So just like with the Panthers their defense is going to lead the way. They have you know I would say good weapons, but they have decent weapons. You have um What's his name? Terry McLaurin, who's a pretty, a really good young wide receiver. You have, you have great, you have pretty good running backs with Gibson and McKissick. So who knows? I think he's going to go there because I also think he's going to go there because they, Washington just cut Alex Smith, who won comeback player of the year last year. So they only have Taylor Heineke. You know, yes, Heineke did play a phenomenal game in the first round of the wild card of the playoffs against the Super Bowl champs the Tampa Bay Buccaneers but it's such a small sample size you got you gotta add someone so I think cam is going to Washington now for the final quarterback I think it which is Jimmy G so I think I think Jimmy G is moving on you know I think he's going to the the pats. Now, it's been not just rumored, but it's been reported, I I believe that Belichick really wanted him, wanted Jimmy G or Brady. But you know it happened? They had Brady basically had Jimmy G traded away to the to the 49ers for a bag of chips. Like, come on now. So I believe Jimmy G will be going will be turning back to the team that drafted him in, the, I think, the second round of the playoffs, or the, of the second round of the draft, and he's going to go back to the Patriots. And also because I don't think Shanahan and Lynch want him anymore, you know? There have been multiple reports and rumors that they aren't too sure about him, but not too confident that he's, you know, the guy. And I believe they're just going to move on, you know? Think about it the only weakness on the 49ers is the quarterback. They have one of the best defenses in the NFL when they're healthy. They have one of the best offenses when they're healthy. They have the arguably the best tight end in the NFL. They have a great running uh great rushing attack. They have a lot of great young wide receivers and their offensive line is really good too. So you have all these great pieces around them but you have your most at your most important position, you have your weak link. Come on now, so I think they're probably gonna, you know, trade Jimmy G away, and maybe potentially go after Deshaun Watson, who would also fit there greatly. Now, as a Dolphins fan, would I love to see that? No, because I want to see him with the Dolphins, but it'll be pretty interesting to see him there with Russell Wilson. Kyler Murray and with Matt Stafford in the in a hundred percent the toughest division in the entire NFL. So, those are, I think, where they're gonna go. Watson's gonna stay with Houston, Russell Wilson's gonna stay in Seattle. Dak, I think he's gonna stay in Dallas. I think Cam is going to Washington, and I think Jimmy G is going back to Foxborough. Okay, so for the final topic of today's podcast, we'll be going over the UFC. And we're going over my picks for one of, if not the best, the most stacked UFC cards out there. UFC 259. And you have headlining it with three title fights, right? You have the light heavyweight title bout between the champ Jan Blachowicz versus the middleweight champ, israel adesanya you also have the woman's featherweight title bout with the champ with a double champ amanda Nunes versus contender megan anderson and you also have the bantamweight title bout between the champ peter yawn versus contender Algermaine sterling so like i mentioned we're going over my picks for these three fights now i could, I could do the entire you know main card but I mean who really cares to be honest? We're only talking about the champs here, the title bouts. So let's start it. So for the first fight. Actually, no, let's go for let's go for the the I wouldn't say the the top of the top. Let's go with the first, the earliest title bout. So we have the bantamweight title belt with between Jan and Sterling. So I'm going with Sterling because from what I've heard, multiple accounts, the title runs the the belt runs through sterling it should have been it should have been sterling that fought for title when Cejudo retired it shouldn't have been you know Aldo it should have been sterling so this I believe is the real the real decider on who who is the current the real the legit the current champ of the bantamweight division now if Cejudo returns that'll be interesting because we all know about Triple C. He's one of the best out there, you know. Now yes, he is very cringy but he's still a dog, man. He's still the beast. So, I'm going with Sterling. And they're both they're both even. No favorites, no nothing. They're both at a minus 110. Those are the odds for them. So, for the next title bout, the for the women's title the woman's featherweight title bout. I'm going with Nunes. Come on now. I mean, Nunes is the goat of the woman fighters. Like, you have you have notable names like Cyborg. You also have... um, What's her name? What's her name? Uh, Ronda Rousey. You have someone like her. You have, you know, you have current champs or former champs. You have... Um Joanna, you have Rose Nama you have Wei Lee, you have so many great fighters. You have Valentina, but the GOAT, the GOAT goat of the of not just that division, but of the entire, you know, women's fighters, it's Nunes. Now look at this. On UFC's on the UFC website, you know what the odds are? She's in at a minus one at a minus a thousand two fifty. What? What kind of odds are those? That's insane. She's minus twelve fifty. That's insane, dude. Jesus Christ. That means you have to bet. You would have to bet. One hundred twenty-five dollars to make a dollar profit. A dollar profit. You have to bet a thousand two hundred fifty dollars to make a hundred or ten dollar profit. I believe. Dog. What kind of deal is that? What kind of deal is that? And Megan Anderson, she is the heavy dog at a plus seven fifty. So we, I'm pretty. We are Everyone knows that Nunes is gonna win this. So, for the final title fight between Israel Adesanya, the style bender, versus Jan Blahovic. Now, from what I've heard from multiple people, whether it be Rogan or Brendan Schaub or fighters like DC or Dominic Cruz or whoever it may be, Adesanya is the most technical fighter there is in the entire UFC, not just now, but of all time. Even though you have fighters like, you have strikers like Conor McGregor, you have um, Anderson Silva. You have so many great strikers out there, but Adesanya is probably the best of the best. You know, he's one of my favorite UFC fighters, but he's, Not just one of my favorite, he's one of the best fighters out there, being that he is also the champ. Now, it might be like a Max Holloway type of situation, you know, doing something completely different, doing something that you probably never seen before. So, what I mean by that is that Max Holloway, Max Holloway for his second title fight against, against, um, what's his name? That one dude, that one dude who shouldn't have won. Uh should I forgot his name Alexander Volkanovsky against the second title fight. He said something so insanely shocking, something so like like what? Something so crazy. He said that he didn't he didn't spar at all before fighting. And what happened in return? He probably put in one of his best performances out there. Now yes, he did lose, but so many people thought he should have won. And, I mean, Dana even thought that he won. The man, the president. Dana thought that Max should have won. So many people thought Max should have won. And for his his most previous fight, his recent fight against Calvin Cater, he set so many records, so many crazy records against Cater. Most significant strikes landed. Most strikes thrown. Most significant strikes thrown. Most strikes landed. Everything. He put on a clinic on cater and what and what happened was the common the common factor he didn't spar at all for that one either now there's controversy because you know people are thinking that hey i shouldn't i shouldn't spar because max didn't spar and look what he did but you know that's that's a topic for that's a whole another topic for a whole another situ for a whole another episode but yeah he didn't he didn't spar at all before his fight and he put in one of his best performances. Now with Adesanya, obviously he did. He probably did spar, but the one thing that that he did that's something different is that he came in four and a half pounds underweight. So the light heavyweight um, weight limit or the weight cut is to two hundred five pounds. Now Adesanya, he fights. He is the champ of the 100, 185 division. And so he came in at, I believe, let's see, 205 minus 4.5. That's, and I believe, 200.5. So basically he came out, he came, he weighed in underweight. Now, yes, Adesanya is a very, he's known to be the skinny guy. But I don't know. So I'm going with Adesanya. And also because Jan was... You know, before he became champ of the division, in which he didn't fight John Jones, who's been destroying that division for years and years, he was six and five before going. Jan was six and five before his four fight one streak when he won the title. Now, think about it. He's six to five, you know, before going a, on a crazy run, but he's also in the weakest division in the entire. You know, an entire UFC. So, you you consider you take that into consideration. I'm going with Adesanya. So, my picks: Adesanya, Nunes, Nunes, and Sterling. So that's why I think think's gonna win. All right. Thank you all for listening. I deeply appreciate you guys giving my podcast a listen. You can find this episode and many more wherever you find podcasts, whether it be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or even here on Anchor FM. But hey, don't leave right now. Don't don't you press that button. Don't, don't go because your job isn't over yet. Make sure you go follow me on Instagram at Discussion to get more content. And don't forget to share this episode to a friend or family. And remember, times, is twenty. even though it's 2021, it's a new year, things have not changed. Even new year, same year, basically. Remember to wear a mask, take a shower because you stink, brush your teeth because you stink, wash your hands because you nasty, put on deodorant because you stink, use hand sanitizer because you're nasty, and watch sports. All right, that's it for me. Take it easy y'all, later.